Monster Brewing still hasn't hit the floor yet. American craft beer faces a bitter winter. Firestone Walker's quest to reboot the American Pale Ale. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer, the official beer-related podcast of the 2024 presidential election. As we gear up for some premium votastic voting, we are here to make sure the craft beer scene is ready. So this week, a sanity self-check. Just a check to see if you are, in fact, sane enough for optimal, optimal votage proficiency. Uh, since the election will almost certainly be, once again, between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, uh, which of the following would you rather do than be asked to participate in this abortion of democracy? A, shove a splintery piece of wood up your urethra, jiggle it around until you pass out and see God. Perform a self-kidney transplant between you and a sea mammal chosen by your dumbest friends. C, lay down in front of the treads of a bulldozer being operated by an Alzheimer's patient learning how to run the machine via a series of YouTube videos. Or D, none of the above, you're actually excited about one of these candidates and look forward to voting for them again. Uh, if you answered uh, A, B, or C, you are sane. If you answered D, uh, please seek therapy sometime between now and the 1st of November. Uh, I am Jeremy Jones. Hi, Tyler. How are you doing? Good. Uh, that opening was way too long. Uh, <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious because I was like, oh, man, did he write that before we had all the technical issues trying to get this recorded about the shit show that is presidential elections? I was like, this is perfect. And then you kept rambling on. And I was like, and now I feel like I'm watching a presidential debate. <laughs> Everyone's talking and nobody makes sense. <laughs> I said we're gearing it up. Uh, we're we're gearing, uh, I did write that, and I just I was trying to figure out something witty to say about the fact that this trying to get this goddamn thing recorded has been a goddamn nightmare, and uh, we are still having some issues on Tyler's end for some reason. In a mysterious for mysterious uh, reasons, the universe is like making him shut up at first until he's talking for a little bit. <laughs> It's like no one needs to hear this first part. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, yeah, you, Tyler might cut out, cut like he'll like fade in at weird times. I don't know. I don't know how to fix this. This is just what's going to happen, and I'm tired of trying. Tyler, how are you today? Besides us uh, fucking doing with pretty, doing pretty well. Except, uh, yeah, I think this is the universe telling us we just need to go back to in person. I mean. <laughs> I th I believe that's I believe that is true. I we we it, we don't have as many uh uh uh, uh technical issues when we we are in the same room. Um, some more flatulence, but fewer technical issues. Yeah. Hey, flatulence just destroyed a flight. So I mean, <laughs> Tyler, what are you drinking today? Uh, I am drinking some of the Willetai Stout from Lagunitas. Did they get some in town? Um, it is, I bought it at Whole Foods in Boise the other okay. day. Still love the price point, $12.99 for a six pack of barrel-aged stout. Aged in Willet rye barrels at 12.4%, like, you can't beat that. I apparently need to yell at my CSB rep. Apparently. Uh, cause, uh, well... Yeah, it's a it's a it's a long story, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, that particular distributor showing once again why are they they are uh, Idaho's top uh, beer selling uh, organization. Yeah, because uh, there was a whole stack of them at Whole Foods. So <laughs> oh, maybe then maybe I don't want it after all if it's like 
there's a stack of it. <laughs> oh, they just had a floor stack. I mean, okay. It's only like a four case display. So. How how is it this year? Delicious, boozy, little like rice spice vanilla notes coming through. Silky chocolate, the best barrel aged stout for the buck. Fair enough. Um, I was toying with the idea of like. I'm not actually doing dry January. I'm I'm kind of doing what I'm typically do is like a slightly moist January. And it's more nor not really a commitment of any kind. More just after like two straight months. You're of, fooling around. Yeah, I'm just like I need to like let's just let's just back it up a little bit. Let things kind of heal. But I was thinking about bringing some uh, an NA beer uh, for this recording uh, in solidarity for those who are who are. Um, in the middle of dry January, uh, but the but uh, uh, the state of the world and then these fucking technical issues made that a non-starter. Uh, I decided I needed booze, <laughs> and yeah. and so I went ahead and grabbed. I've been waiting for three days to open this goddamn beer. <laughs> uh, the uh, Mother Earth uh, Urban Solstice uh, Hazy IPA, their latest. Oh, I saw that. How um, is that? The la- the latest uh, uh, release from their Project X series. Uh, it's it is it is uh, as you'd expect. It pours a nice hazy, sunny in a glass. Uh, uh, big bright notes of uh, orange peel, mango, papaya, touch of pine, a little bit of dankness. It is. A uh, uh, big flavor, really nice mouthfeel. It's a, it's it's a hazy IPA in 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 everything that a hazy IPA should be. Uh, nice. Nothing uh, uh no, nothing uh, uh overly fantastic, but uh, well, I, but solid, uh, extremely good. <clears throat> and the burps taste a bit like uh, a candied orange. That's a factor I don't. I feel like the that is left out of beer judging. Uh, that uh, that should be a factor. Like burps tasted like such and such, because sometimes a good beer burp, yeah, that can change your opinion about it, or a bad one, really. Right. I I don't know if I've ever had a beer burp change my opinion about a beer. Then you really then then you have not thought about your beer sufficiently, Tyler. You've never once like, oh, I I like that beer going down, but shit. <laughs> no, nothing? no. Is it just me? I think it's just you. It's just it's if you two have if, if a bad beer or a good one has changed your opinion about a beer, you should you should uh, send that uh, email into it's all beer at gmail dot com. Uh, put it in the subject he- uh, heading. Jeremy is right. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and everyone else who's like, yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about. Is gonna do the normal thing and not send anything to us. So when we get no emails to the email that'll just be proof that i am right you are wrong don't make me don't make me send uh, uh an email to my uh, to ours you don't check the email so you have no way of verifying what i'm <laughs> oh i will be like i need to see the email okay i can i can fake an email with the best of them. <laughs> uh, uh anywho uh <laughs> tyler uh Part of it is because it's 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 late in the evening and I'm in and fuck it's been a long day and uh, I'm tired. But Tyler, uh, shall do you want to uh, take <coughs> us off today? Favorite story of 2023, 2024 is 
when will Anchor Brewery finally fucking flatline? It's not. Um, it's not going to die. Uh, uh, the the dream is still alive. Don't stop believing, Tyler. <laughs> if you if you if you just clap, just fucking clap, or the goddamn brewery is dying. If you believe in <laughs> if you believe in fairies and our anchor, keep clapping, motherfucker. Uh, I will never clap again in my life. Now, uh, <laughs> you gotta do that. Well, you gotta this... do that like weird, like uh, like finger waving thing they did at some, uh, like. Some I don't know. There's a college campus thing. Like they found clapping too aggressive, so they started wiggling their fingers. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from this is an article from NBC Bay Area uh, that bidders are competing to buy Anchor Brewing. So um, building equipment, IP, all of that's getting ready to go up for auction. Um, some people are trying to buy it all as a bundle. Some people are just trying to buy the IP. Some people are just trying to buy the property or the equipment itself. Um, according to Sam Singer, an anchor brewing sp- spokesperson. Um, in the last category, though, where they're trying to buy the whole kit and caboodle, you have Mike Walsh, who is a local venture capitalist out of San Francisco and has lived two blocks from the brewery for the last 30 years. Uh, Walsh said their goal is to make the beer right here. He is leading one of the groups that is going to try to buy Anchor Brewery at the auction as a whole kit and caboodle package where you get the building, equipment, IP, everything. And he's trying to resurrect Anchor Brewing, is what I understand. I mean, he's yes. his goal is to but bring Anchor back a, regionally, regionally, <clears throat> but and they will go back to the old labels. Will fucking scrap the Twisted T wannabe <laughs> rebrand. Uh, they will. Um, they're in San Francisco and Northern California, and so really kind of from what I took from that part of the article it seems like they're gonna just shrink their distribution which is kind of shocking to me i mean that was the plan well that was sapporo's first plan before they were just and and their plan was uh, was less like you know what, we're just gonna go to california actually we're closing it that was but with how much you're probably gonna have to dump into this to buy it you would think they'd try to like keep that nationwide distribution for one more year do one quick like aren't you nostalgic that we're back and we're back in the old labels and uh so bummed we were gonna be away but now we're back and we look all nostalgic you should buy some and get that nice little bump in sales before after the end of the year everyone goes oh yeah i remember now why i don't drink anchor back onto my normal life and you watch your sales tank again and then you pull back to just northern california and go ah there we go i'm guessing if you're buying anchor at this point in time uh profitability is not for first <clears throat> and foremost in your in, in, in uh, on your on your mind i mean if you can if you can make this son of a bitch break even i think you're you're doing a happy dance in the streets the main concern uh, Walsh said was uh, he's worried 
that a conglomerate or a real estate investor might win the bidding and on the building and convert it all into condos without the understanding of what the brewery means to the locals. Um, and so he is really pushing to win this, to be able to keep the brewery alive, keep brewing there in San Francisco, let the community kind of tap into it, start doing live music shows there. And uh, according to Sam Singer, the spokesperson of Anchor, we should have um, a finalist for the brewery could be announced as early as next week. Uh, and that they will be making the super bitter will be made public at least by the end of March. So apparently there's a super bitter trying to buy something. And I have no idea what the fuck that is. I... I mean, that sounds like uh, that sounds like someone trying to buy again the whole thing, or I uh, this, or either that or um, uh, Marvel is real and they're trying to get into craft beer. Oh my god! Could you imagine a Disney owned craft brewery? <laughs> I mean, we're already going to see that stupid fucking mouse all over, like filleting itself all over craft beer labels. Since it's now entered public domain in 2024, I've not seen any um, uh, auto fellatio of any kind on a beer label yet. Never mind, and it's only Steamboat Willie, uh, 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 Mickey Mouse. Um, yeah, Steamboat Willie's gonna be getting brown eyed. Not on a beer label. I mean, yes, they're they're uh, yeah. the internet. The you think. You think uh, you're, we're, we're going to see some uh, erotic uh, uh, mouse art on a can uh, in the next year? We saw reindeers fucking a couple years ago. Yeah, but we didn't see Winnie the Pooh fuck. Winnie the Pooh entered the public domain last year. <coughs> and fun and fun fact: Tigger entered uh, uh, enter, uh, entered this uh, this year. And if and personally, this is my opinion. Not popular, but Tigger is way more fuckable than Mickey Mouse. Well, Mickey Mouse has the brand name recognition, so they will go Mickey Mouse. Winnie the Pooh's like hit or miss, whether people are like, oh, but look how much money fucking Disney makes, and everyone fucking hates Disney. So the chance they can get to stick it to old Walt by sticking it to Steamboat <laughs> Willie, he's going to be whistling his way all to the frozen ice box. <laughs> Except for, I mean, so so you you think that beer labels are gonna hate fuck Mickey Mouse? <laughs> Again, I think you you cut out right there. Uh, uh, uh but I, that was a, I think an affirmative from Tyler. Is that right? Okay, yes. And keep on saying yes until it comes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's what Mickey's gonna be saying. He's gonna be like, yes, yes, yes. You got to do higher, Tyler. You almost got the right voice, but. <laughs> yes. uh. But we should know in this whole anchor kerfuffle drama, let's just euthanize these fucks, should be done here soon. I again, you seem to be uh, of the mind. The super bitter might well also be trying to uh, resurrect uh, uh, anchor. If you're going to spend that much money, convert that bitch into condos and actually make some money. 
Well, uh, they're. Uh, uh, I think the, uh, I th- the. I do believe that the uh, the employee uh, uh, consortium or uh, collective is or, still in. Is still is still a factor up to this point in time. In my notes, they raised like uh, half a million dollars, which is impressive, extremely impressive, uh, but. <laughs> nowhere near enough they need <laughs> I was gonna say I I mean it's almost a, it's almost a shame that uh that they are trying to buy anchor you almost kind of want to go guys uh, go start a brewery uh, you know go start another brewery not like there's any other property in San Francisco that much cheaper <coughs> excuse me yeah, I was gonna say, fuck! You couldn't even get a year's worth of rent in San Francisco for that. I guess it's probably inconceivable to uh, uh, move the the all the employees in mass to uh, uh, somewhere cheaper. Ah, oh, fuck them! Brewers are dime a dozen these days. Uh, you know, uh, let's move them to Idaho just to fuck with half the. <laughs> just be like, oh, they're coming up here taking our jobs. <laughs> But, sir, you're against alcohol. Yeah, but they're still taking our jobs. (laughs) Uh, Jeremy, what do we got next? Uh, uh, Everything is awful news now. Uh, Scanning through the news this month, you might be forgiven for thinking we are living in the end times. Uh, The Holy Land is blowing up. The world is on fire. And all the fucking beer is going away. If you've been... Uh, the news in your area, you've probably seen in the last few months a brewery near you go belly up like a f- fish in a tank full of vodka. Um, I did a quick scan this month alone. I did try to have a goldfish in a bottle of Jack Daniels. How'd it work? Like, I of course rinsed you did. a bottle Why? of Jack Daniels, <laughs> uh, but I didn't rinse it good enough in college. And so came home and the fish was dead. Okay, so uh, but there wasn't whiskey in the bottle. No, I put water in, but I didn't apparently get all the whiskey out. And so, yeah, that fish was probably fucked up screaming a free bird before it went bonk. <laughs> of course you've killed a fish with alcohol. Why would why would anybody assume anything different from you? I mean, we also bought some beta fish to try to uh, have beta fish fights in college, too, but... <laughs> We were drunk and didn't realize we bought the females, which won't fight each other. So we were like, well, this is boring. <laughs> now what are we going to do? Uh, I, and that was a glimpse into uh, into Tyler's uh, uh, dark uh, inner soul right there. Let's get some fish. Watch them fight. Oh, they're not really fighting. This sucks. Get the toilet. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, the goldfish. Did you actually oxygenate the water? Was there a fit? Did you? You're looking at me as if you were like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You need to have oxygen yeah. in the water for fish to live too. I did. I shook up the bottle. Oh Christ! <laughs> were you? How are you gonna? All right. Assuming that. Let's just assume for a second that alcohol didn't kill this. Fi- I know this is off, way off topic, but now I'm, I'm. We have to go into this, Tyler. Assuming alcohol did not kill that fish, what was your plan on keeping this fish alive? Well, as soon as I got home, it died. I was like, oh, you know, I may have not thought this all the way through. Yeah, fish alive. <laughs> 
that fish was that fish was doomed. There was, but hey, it was either it dies in a Jack Daniels bottle or it died at the Walmart. Shit options either way. <laughs> at least it got to live a little bit. Anyway, according, I got to taste the sweet nectar of whiskey. According to the Sacramento Bee, <clears throat> uh, Golden Road Sacramento is calling it quits. This comes from a rather lukewarm uh a welcome for the formerly AB InBev Ob purveyor of mango flavored beer like beverages. Um, like AB still owned Golden Road. Do they still own Gold? I thought that was one of the ones they uh, let go of. No, I think they kept them in though. Okay, well then f- strike the formerly the AB owned purveyor, AB InBev uh, owned purveyor of mango flavored beer like beverages. Um, like many places after the sale, Golden Road uh, 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 got a little side eye from the locals, uh, uh, being owned by the Craft Curious conglomerate. Um, they also managed. Yeah, they're still owned by. Okay. Them. Uh, they also managed to score a rare no strings attached alcohol license in California, where the. Uh, uh, I guess that means you can pour beer and not have to give a handy to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but apparently, uh, this gave them also... Arnold Schwarzenegger only gets jerked off by maids, okay? <laughs> uh, this apparently gave them the ability to blast music at all hours of the night, among other things, uh, which also uh, angered uh, nearby residents. But uh, uh, yeah, that tap room is now officially gone. Um, uh, Eater. Com reports that Winwood Brewery out of Florida will be closing its Miami tap room. Um, although the brewery will continue on as kind of a contract brewery, uh, Winwood was actually Miami's first craft brewery that got swept up in the Craft Brew Alliance buy-up. Um, um, now that one, I think, was that thing. I don't know what happened. What I couldn't find what happened. That wasn't part of the Tilray um, um, buyout, but so they still also yeah. still might be AB InBev, but. No, I think AB sold them off a while um, ago, or Craft Beer Alliance sold them off. Uh, Craft Beer Alliance still remains uh, Tyler's favorite uh, beer deal. Uh, oh, that's a thing of beauty. <laughs> they were an early powerhouse with several GABF awards in the mid-teens, but it seems like they, like a lot of legacy brands, have sort of dropped below the radar for a lot of drinkers. Uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer announced that Forgotten Boardwalk has popped its clogs after a disagreement with a landlord. It seems that the uh, owners of the brewery wanted to stay in the wanted to stay and brew beer, and the owners felt the exact opposite. Um, they basically pulled the lease out from under the brewery, leaving them to the end of February to pour what beer they have, and uh, that's it. Uh, the building. It's the funny thing is that building used to hold the original Flying Fish Brewery before they moved. Uh, that brewery also announced they were closing last month. Uh, the Street reported that Ganella Pass out of Colorado, um, uh, and uh, 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 Exito Brew Works out of Florida both fired for filed for Chapter Eleven this week. Uh, Eater Austin announced the closure of Beerberg Brewing. Uh, the owner announced this month on Instagram, quote, uh, there's a, there, uh, there's not one single issue we can point out, but rather a confluence of social, cultural, and economic changes, which made the whole brewery become an unsustainable business. News Channel 34 reports that Water Street Brewing out of New York is calling it quits after this month. Uh, they point to a loss of nearby, a nearby parking garage, making it hard for people to get to where they are. 
WLWT out of Kentucky says that 16 lots, Southern Outposts, will close down this week unless they get some help from customers. On a Facebook post, they basically said this week is their last unless it's not. Like, they don't want it to be, but it might be. So come out and buy beer because it might be the last time. But if you buy enough beer, maybe it won't be. I, it was really – that's that's the, that was kind of how it sounded. Uh Harold Net uh, out of uh, the Harold Net out of Washington reports that Penn Grove Brewing is being put out to pasture. Uh, the Patriot Ledger signs that Article 15 Brewing is uh, fucking right off, signing uh, citing the burdens of inflation, the rising cost of materials, uh, equipment maintenance, combined with constant regulatory channel challenges. Chapelbrew.com after uh, out of North Carolina reports that Craft Bureau. Uh, uh, saying in an announcement, quote, our financial and emotional resources are exhausted and it breaks our heart to close Craftboro. Uh, yet this is the only option left. <clears throat> uh, those, of course, are the, uh, the, large, the, the ones large enough for local media to report on. And it's probably not better for those uh, not big enough or without a legacy or a following or just kind of quietly close the doors in the middle of the night. Um, all in all, uh, the Brewers Association reports last year, 420 breweries opened and 385 closed. Yeah. Well, also, real quick, uh, why you were reading that off it, I felt like I had just tuned into the local news just hearing bad news after bad news after that's bad what news. Go- that's uh, what I was going for. Ha- happy 2024. Uh, but... To also add to that, uh, Brew Crew Brewing out of New Orleans that I went to on my bachelor party uh, posted four days ago on their uh, Facebook that they are kind of in the dire straits and uh, they had to take some pretty tough loans to get through the whole COVID-19 pandemic and um and with the kind of never-ending cycle of rising cost of goods and really just struggling to get cheap equipment, cheap labor, and the rising cost of all that, they're <clears throat> struggling to pay back those loans and may have to shut down and are running a GoFundMe right now, which normally I'm pretty apt to... Um, Brewery's trying to go fund me. But informed that they can stay open because I really like their beer and they've been crushing the lager game. So let me get this straight. Um, Anchor Brewery put something out on GoFundMe, and you're like, "Fuck them! I hope they die. I want to be there to could. I want to be there to shoot them in the <laughs> head and pee on their corpse." And then this little brewery out of New Orleans, like, "Yeah, I want them to live. I." Uh... Yeah, they make better beer. <laughs> Just want to see where your priorities are. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going. Uh, and they only need thirty grand to stay afloat, and they've already raised eleven thousand. Part of why I'm like put a bullet in Anchor's head is I know this GoFundMe is never going to buy the brewery back from Sapporo. Like they are done, cooked, kit, caboodle. Not yet. There, there's still. It's not done yet. It's done. <laughs> um, 
notably, there are still more openings than closings, but the uh, attitude, uh, I believe, in the industry is uh, distinctly morbid, and uh, for good reason. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we just went over it. The cost of all the materials to make the beer is shot up. Hiring people has gotten more expensive now that, you know, workers have options. Uh, and customers mm-hmm. throw a massive princess tantrum as you so much even think about rising the pint of uh, the cost of, or the price of a pint of beer a dollar. Uh, but to be fair, uh, to be fair, uh, here in Boise, uh, the six dollars is now the, on the low end these days, and I'm getting yes. close to donning a tiara and a pretty pretty tutu myself if I see prices cl- creep ever closer to the ten dollar mark. Um, Dude. Also. I got a problem. Why the fuck can I drink at a bar cheaper than I can drink at a fucking brewery? It's, yeah, it's... All these breweries in town charging eight fucking dollars for a middle-of-the-road fucking beer. I'm like, suck my ass. <laughs> Please tell me that's what you, uh, uh, that, that is uh, uh, how you approach the bar. You go to, a, go to the local breweries, go up there and give that speech. Uh, if I, it was the fucking owner, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to live, man. I'd be like, bro, if you can't survive not selling $8 pints, just fucking shut it. You shouldn't have opened this bitch in the first place. (laughs) That's financial advice from Tyler. Uh, uh, you should start a consulting firm, really, that where we take you from uh, take you from brewery to brewery, and be like, "Bitch, you shouldn't be even opening this in the first place. This is this is all wrong. Your beer tastes of tastes of hot garbage. Shut it all down. Go home." We should. What do you mean we? I'm just. And you. that'll be five thousand dollars, sir. <laughs> the, I'm. If anything, I'm just. I'm just like your transportation. Uh, I'm just kind of your assistant, like there with a with the, the, just like behind you, like sir, you got an appointment with uh, uh with three breweries today, so can we hurry this up? You know, I got a little headset. Like yeah, uh, you've got uh, you've only got ten more minutes to berate this man, sir, and then we have to move on. Hey, I mean John Taper from Bar Rescue basically does that, and he makes a fuckload of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh. I'm inclined to believe, uh, and and Chris McKellen of uh, Men's Health uh, wrote an article this week that uh, backs uh, my uh, conviction up. We're seeing two things: first, COVID supply shocks, uh, and and frankly, environmental factors that have hit craft beer harder than some other in- industries. And something happened after COVID. Um, and there's been numerous studies that suggest that people driven inside during the pandemic haven't yet come out. They developed habits. They, 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 uh, uh, in 2020, they sat at home. They had all their shit delivered to them and they rather like that. They haven't left their home since. Fucking hermits. And so combine that with craft beers, fading coolness factor. I think it's fair to say the market, uh, is worse for craft beer than some sectors of the economy. But, uh, overall what you're seeing is, a maturing market. Um, that's been my position until I see data that contradicts that. It's kind of where I'll stay. A, a healthy market, you're going to have roughly the same number of entities entering a business as leaving it in a given year. And that's where we kind of are. Like I said, the 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 uh, 2023 numbers, uh, 420 breweries opened, 385 closed. Yep. And, and that's honestly where we should be. 
which is, I mean, that's that, that, that's pretty damn close. That's still, you know, 35, uh, uh, that 35 more uh, breweries than we had in, t- uh, in 2022. Um, yeah. And, I mean, even during the height of COVID, as we reported, uh, uh, more breweries opened than closed, despite the warning on every headline and every newspaper and every part of the country that half the breweries were going to close. Um, and I think the, I think there is this narrative at this point in time that craft beer is a dying business and, and news organizations who enjoy a good story if more, more if not, uh, uh, as much, if not more than most of us, uh, just run with it. I will say this, um, five years ago when a brewery opened, you had to give them some leeway. Uh, that first year or so was kind of tough as they figured their shit. I figured out how to make beer and how to make it not suck. Uh, the breweries opened, especially here last year. I, I didn't make it out to all of them, but they were solid. Nothing earth shattering, but no diastole bombs. No, like just, just super like, uh, unbalanced IPA. They're making good beer. Uh, the baseline has risen. Yeah. There was, I, I there are a lot of breweries that go out to, you know, when they first started, you t- taste it like, well, they'll get better or they won't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And most of them did. Uh, a couple did not. Um, and they are on the verge of insolvency. Uh, some of them. Um, so you're also see, I, and, and there's another factor. I don't, uh, I, I have to, I have to, uh, uh, at least we're. This is a, this is a skewed. Uh, the, the list I read is skewed. I think that uh, again they are mostly older breweries that have ties to community. <coughs> Thus, people kind of care that they're going under, which makes which makes the story worth reporting on. Um, but I feel like you're also getting a a a cohort of uh, people who started breweries in the '90s and the 2000s. Um, have have run them for like 20 years. A lot of these people were uh, older to begin with. They were, this was kind of their the second career. They had, they, a lot of them left corporate America and were, pers- you know, were, were doing this as kind of a, uh, a, a swan song. And after 20 years of struggling and, and, uh, and, and putting in insane hours, they're kind of done. And I, I, I'd say, I don't really, you know, you kind of uh, reading some of these stories, you kind of get this sense of exhaustion where could, you, they don't. There's nothing in there that indicates it, but I suspect that if there, if if this if, if if this were 20 years ago, they would have fought. They would figured out a way to make this work. They would have, you know, craft beer was notorious for just barely getting by. And after 20 years of just getting by, barely getting by, they were kind of like, uh, we're done. We're, yep. we're, this, this is no longer fun. Uh, we want to, uh, we want to cash out and we want to go live on a golf course or something. I don't know what people do <coughs> after, uh, after craft brew. Um, I think live on a golf course actually. Um, Probably. but, uh, um, uh, uh, the, uh, the other, the other factor, um, the beer isn't cool. The research suggests that, yeah, the 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 damn kids and Gen Z aren't embracing uh, the the beer with the doe-eyed gleefulness that uh, that our cohort did. But uh, I don't know. Do we think this is going to go on forever? Craft beer, for all its hoopla, is a niche market. Give it a decade or two, and Gen Alpha, because so named because we were dumb, we started naming generations at the end of the fucking alphabet. Uh, 
I wonder if that's because it was the 80s and we just assumed that we'd blow ourselves up before we got to Z. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Gen Alpha or whatever fucking name they will come up uh, for the cohort that would include both Declan and Parker. So there we go. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe they will grow up and uh, and like my interest in vinyl records, they will dress up in their best flannel and oversized glasses and go down and hey, hey, like, yeah, look, I'm drinking an IPA like my dad used to. Oh, fuck, I hope not. <laughs> Look, we're being vintage. Like, fuck you, children. Fuck you. And then we'll be in the nursing home being like, back in our day, Fat Tire used to be an amber ale. And they'll be like, what's Fat Tire? You mean Voodoo Ranger? In my um, in, 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 in my imagining of this... Um, uh, the they are in their like their twenties or thirties, which puts us. I mean, not in uh, that puts us in our sixties and seventies. Jeremy, be honest. We work in the beer industry. That's like hundred and fifty. <laughs> I I didn't think it was gonna be. I'm just saying, not nursing home at that point. St- <laughs> I plan to. Yeah, I won't be. Sh- I if if I'm still alive, you barely have control of your bowels now. <laughs> Which is why I'm wearing a diaper now. See, I'm going to continue this game going. <laughs> and actually, that's that's a lie. I control my bowels just fine. The diaper I'm wearing, that's a fetish thing. Tyler! <laughs> What's next? <laughs> yes, I want to end the story with that. I didn't know that was how I was going to end that story, but that is how I'm ending that story. And I feel good about it. Well... Utah Brewery, not named Wass after squatters, just got served a cease and desist from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hallelujah. Uh, because of, roll please, their Deseret IPA. Wait, that's a copyrighted name? So, Bewilder Brewing Company out of Salt Lake announced in a newsletter... That it will phase out the Deseret IPA and replace it with a new product. They said, unfortunately, a large tax-exempt Utah-based entity wasn't pleased with the use of our use of the word Deseret. We have been asked to drop our trademark and discontinue the brand. Filings with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office show the brewery registered it last August. The church and a few affiliated business entities then submitted filings as potential potential opposers, and a bewilder abandoned the trademark in November. Um, they are claiming that by bewilder uh, having the Deseret IPA. It can cause marketplace confusion, especially <laughs> since. <laughs> no, go, go ahead, go ahead. Let's we'll we'll uh, we'll enjoy that nugget in a second. Especially since they oppose alcohol use and uh, their members from drinking alcohol. Um, so they said their members would never think. The LDS, or um, the owner of Bewilder said, their members would never think that the LDS church was putting a beer out. Um, 
he noted the church owned all alcohol production in the state at one point. So, a little hypocritical. Uh, but the word Deseret is from the Book of Mormon and means honeybee, uh, which is an animal associated with industriousness and hard work. Um, in the early 1800s, or in the 1840s, early Mormons uh, wanted Utah to be called the State of Deseret, but the federal government basically told them to fuck off at that time. Deseret IPA used honey, so they thought it was a I didn't know that great. that's what Deseret had to do with. What, what language does Deseret mean honeybee? Is it one of the ones they read out of a fucking hat? Basically. Uh, okay. So uh, in the <laughs> Book of Mormon, uh, they disc- used Deseret to describe honeybees. So. Okay. So uh, the only thing uh, almost as made up as Scientology. Yep. Uh, so the owner of Bewilder said, I don't have any money to fight the Mormon church, so we're just going to move on from that beer. That's fair. That's... Uh, <laughs> the church did not respond to Axios' uh, request for comment, but they did bring up uh, how the church manned a legal challenge against Real Housewife Heather Gay's bad Mormon trademark and have went after uh, some coffee shops and other businesses for using images that relate to the Mormon church. <laughs> you made <laughs> you're very coy about that uh is there uh, no it's we, a taylor a taylorsville coffee shop uh used a little like gold angel the moroni statue. statue yeah what we need to do is have uh is is is, is now that it's quasi legal <laughs> um have uh mickey mouse uh, uh putting uh that trumpet right up moroni's little uh, uh keister <laughs> Or maybe the... Or vice versa. I don't... Taking the trumpet up? Mickey Mouse's key. Oh. While Tigger bounces on... You know what? Let's stop. <laughs> Actually, three... Two bounces of, on a desert. Two-thirds of that is legal. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, too. Wobbly H in a honeybee and call it the Deseret State. <laughs> Send uh, 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 Mormon Church uh, if you're listening. Uh, wow! First of all, uh, welcome to the show. You got the wrong uh, episode, uh, and uh, also you can send your cease and de- cease and desist to uh, it's all beer at gmail.com <laughs> But um, I did find it funny that they're going after this, and I'm like. That brewery is about to sell that beer at a velocity they've never sold before. Oh yeah, I want to. I I de- desperately want a can of that now. I know. I'm like road trip to Salt Lake. I I now so so uh, uh, every year there is a homebrew competition in Utah. I like to enter, and now I'm tempted to name every beer I send down there uh, the Deseret IPA or Deseret whatever style it is, just to have them appear on the awards. Not that I think anybody from the Mormon church will check, but it's just, it's, (laughs) it would bring me pleasure to do that. I might do that. Maroney's rusty trombone. (laughs) No, that's a Mormon sex act. We all know what that entails. (laughs) 
Uh, Jeremy, what do we got next? That's uh, when they're getting kinky and doing it with the lights on. Uh, the American Pale Ale, um, <laughs> arguably the one of the OG styles of American craft brewery, has bit has a bit of a some rough years lately as I, IPA balloons ever larger across beer menus across the country, like Java the Hut having finally discovered Golden Corral. Uh, the very real question arises for the craft beer purist: Are pale ales dead? And what the fuck is a pale ale anymore anyway? Uh, this comes from Craft Beer and Brewing and uh, uh, Mike Bertelson and Sam Tierney of Firestone Walker are trying to uh, reboot the style like a chronically underperforming comic book movie. Um, so let's talk a little bit how the style has evolved. And and as important, how IPAs ha- evolved as well. Uh, 1981 saw the release of Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale, a beer that changed remarkably little since its inception. <laughs> Um, yep. as for Sierra Nevada, more or less, uh, blazing the trail alone, uh, basically what they did was they took the classic English pale ale, also known as an English bitter, tweaked it with American hops. And there you go. Uh, the grist contained a decent amount of caramel malt for sweetness and a balanced flavor profile. And at the time the balance was tilted slightly towards the malt, uh, well, and, I say for the style, Sierra Nevada still is, but uh, the the balance is tilted a little bit towards the malt. Sweetness was still a factor at the time in a pale ale. Now, IPA was the cousin of the English IPA, but particularly well-suited for the characteristic American urges. Namely, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing, and if it's worth overdoing, then you might as well take it to its illogical conclusion. Uh, America, America will do something stupid, and we'll do it harder than anybody else. That is what we—that's what we're do. That's what we're good at. <laughs> and, and that's how we ended up with the Tito as president. <laughs> this was the time when uh, the 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 malt bill was kind of the same, but an IPA was less a beverage, and it was more of a bar bet, like twenty-something college bros trying to basically chug. Uh, the liquid equivalent of a neglected litter box. Uh, pale ale had a purpose. It was sweet, not sweet as an amber and porter. It was bitter, but not the tongue-scraping experience of IPAs at the time. Um, Firestone Walker came out with the Windsor Pale uh, in 1998. And shortly after after that, they started... Well, uh that was pretty much like the quintessential American pale as well. That was very comparable to Sierra Nevada. Um, something started to happen to pale ale as IPA slowly started to find a larger audience and people started craving hoppier and hoppier beers, especially, especially featuring some of the newer American and later Australian and New Zealand strains. The urge was to start using some of the techniques developed uh, when making IPAs, dry hopping, double dry hopping, triple dry hopping, Dear Christ, why are we still dry hopping? Uh, first word hopping, we're last word waste, hopping. We're just wasting money at this point with the dry uh, hop. And... Uh, mash hopping, uh, shove a hop up the brewer's butthole hopping. Uh, hopping at every part of the. Uh, if, if if there's a if there's a hole, they'll shove a hop into it. That's what I, that's what the IPA became, uh, and uh, uh, also a less reliance on caramel malt, a drier finish. So. When they were reimagining pale ales, that's where they went as well. Uh, beef up the hops a little bit, take back the caramel malt, reduce the sweetness, make it drier. Hence, Pale 31 was born at Firestone Walker. Um, they claim to have been the, f- 
one of the first, if not the first, to push the pale ale into this direction, where pale ale sort of kind of became, like the line was starting to blur, and that became a problem. Uh, pale ale started to lose that distinctive characteristic that defined it as kind of a hoppy but not really hoppy uh, beer. As breweries dabbled with low-alcohol versions of the IPA, the question started to arise, so is... Like a session IPA, just a pale ale. Is a pale ale just a session IPA? Um, the locale IPA. Yeah, and and if it is, why have the IPA light when the IPA is right there? It's this is not the time to be like shaving off a percentage of alcohol. Um, so gradually, as IPAs took over entire menus, pale ale just wasn't selling. Uh, Firestone talks about how. The Pale 31 was a beer they dearly loved. Um, it was still, it is still their most award-winning beer they've ever made, but nobody was buying it anymore. And if you know anything about Firestone, you can kind of see why. They were and remained one of the powerhouses for bright, hoppy IPAs, but that left Pale 31 with pretty much no audience. So in 2018, away it went. Uh, but Firestone Walker is not done. They are going to bring it back. Uh, with a solid try-or-true method perfected by one of the uh, great overgrown adolescent billionaires of our time. They're going to slap a fucking X on it and call it a day. Uh, Firestone is set to release their XPA, a Pale Ale 3.0. The X standing for Extra Pale Ale. Um, Tyler. We already fucking did that! I was going to say, you want to tell him? It was extra pale ale, and then it went session IPA, and then it went to fucking locale IPA, and now we're fucking back at extra pale ale. No, no, Firestone, you're drunk. Go home. I'm. We're not doing this. <laughs> the funniest thing about this is on my end, when you lost your shit, whatever is wrong with your end compensated so it sounds like you were screaming at the end of a tunnel and it actually was somehow more effective because <laughs> you could I feel like you get the visceral reaction visceral feeling of Tyler losing his shit but you don't have to like but you're not your ears are not bleeding in your car so and I feel like you could get a better maybe it's because I can also see Tyler loses shit in front of me. You don't have that experience, but I think you can get the, like the, the anger in his voice when that happened. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, extra pale ale, a completely new and novel idea. Um, they're going for something, uh, even crisper and drier than before. So fucking dry that the bartender just hands you a dusty glass. I think, uh, the malt beer bill features, uh, wheat as opposed to Munich, which is, uh, just slowly eliminating any malty quality. It features mosaic cryo and Nelson Sauvin hops for an Australian hop profile. Um, they think they are onto something as the XPA won bronze at GF GABF for international style pale ale. Um, uh, so that's good for GABF uh, for me. So you're going to try to out IPA with a pale ale again. Again. That's never been tried before. Listen. <laughs> uh, Firestone, real talk. Um, you heard, t t you've already, you've already heard what t uh, uh, Tyler, <laughs> I do like that. Firestone, you're drunk. <laughs> Put the bottle down and go to bed. 
Listen, um, commercially, I think Paleo had a great run. Uh, you still see it pop up. Um, but I we might be at the point where it just remains the purview of the pedantic homebrewers that are just not quite ready to let go of the idea of Americanized British uh, or English bitter. Um, uh, or maybe we are. Last time, last year, uh, I don't know if I told you this story, but I've told everybody else. Uh, I've, I attempted to brew an IPA um, uh, and enter it into competitions, um, mostly so I didn't have to judge IPA, actually, to be honest. Um, Sent it to a bunch of competitions uh, to very lukewarm response. So finally, as a kind of goof, I sent it to uh, a, a, a competition in New England uh, as a pale ale. It won. It won first place in its category. It was my best scoring beer of the year. I think it's my best scoring beer ever. So I guess I make. I guess I'm making peace with this now too. It's just pale ale is like a failed IPA. <laughs> in fact, I should just name it failed IPA. <laughs> Oh, if you name it that, and then like they're like this one wins, and they see failed IPA, I think they'd be like, "Nice." <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's I I it's that's what it is. It's a failed IPA, <laughs> uh, and that's I guess what uh, I I guess that's what pale ale is anymore. Uh, Tyler, uh, do you have anything else to bring us to bring this creaky ship to a close tonight? So we're going to transport you back to a grand old time. Get a six pack of very patriotic beer for under a buck. I have a patriotic uh, erection right now. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, <laughs> My ding dong is singing zippity doo So you could, in the 1970s, Swing into a local store and buy a six-pack of red, white, and blue beer for 89 cents. You could also smoke a cigarette while filling your gas tank. So let's not pretend this was a idealistic time to be alive. <laughs> Which, if, I know if you're like me, you're like, the fuck is 89 cents in the 1970 to now? It would equate to a $7.24 six-pack. So about what a six-pack costs. Show me where a fucking six pack is seven, seven twenty five. Uh, I don't know. Is that what they still tell them for? I I don't. Here's a weird thing. I don't buy beer. I make my own. What what what? what is six a... packs now are all like ten ninety nine to twelve ninety nine. Oh fuck that. Okay. Inflation's been a bitch, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's working... fucking done good. When I was when yeah. I was at uh. When I was at the grocery, when I was working at a grocery store, the last time I really paid attention to beer prices at the grocery store, they were about eight bucks for craft beer. So yeah, crafts like twelve plus. Um, okay. Um, uh, in other news, if you want to learn how to make beer, you should come see me because uh, apparently it's becoming a uh, economic uh, uh, essential right now. Oh, uh, but back in the disco era. It was about half the going rate of a sixer in 1970 was the red, white, and blue beer. Oh, so a six was, pack of so a six pack in 1970 cost the equivalent of like 14 bucks. Yeah. Shit. Woohoo. Uh, so 
this beer was owned by Pabst. It clocked in at 3.2% and was 10 IBUs. And from a packaging perspective, it was basically PBR without the blue ribbon. I'm surprised the data on the IBUs is available. Like, I'm surprised that anybody actually has that data in 1970 where they're like, the IB... the IBUs, yeah, I got that one time. I had to take these big pills, and I was strapped to the toilet for like a week. Back in the 2000s for a little while. Okay. It was basically construed as they were like, let's do a cheaper-to-make Pabst. Really just crank up the America. They released it just in time for 4th of July weekend, and... It took off. They just called it red, white, and blue. Super easy. And a lot of the early campaigns talked about price point and honest beer for an honest price. Um, as opposed to this, all the, as opposed to all those lying uh, uh, beers for all their lying p- price. Yeah. Um, I had to, I have to pull so up, I have to pull, I had to pull up a uh, picture of the can and that wow that that. Looks just like a Pabst can, except for with, yeah, just red, white, and blue special lager beer. Prohibition snuffed it out for a little bit, uh, but it was resurrected in 1933. Uh, It became like the diehard beer of choice for many uh, soldiers. It was kind of the G.I. Joe of beers, Um, in part due to the... Americana like nationalism that it really started with the grassroots, but uh, in World War II and some subsequent conflicts, uh, GIs apparently were so loyal to the brand they wouldn't drink other beers while on deployment. Uh, this is neither here nor there. I I, I typed in uh, red, white, and blue beer into Google. I'm gonna put this picture up on our uh, on our Instagram feed. Um, but uh, uh, six pictures uh, showed up. Um, uh, uh, four of uh, four of them a can of red, white, and blue uh, lager. One a twelve pack of the red, white, and blue lager, and a bottle of Smirnoff Ice. All right. I just it's just one of those. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things does not belong. Um, but by 1980s, uh, the recession had taken place, and it should have, and basically, because this beer was so dirt cheap, Paps doubled down on it, got rid of the stubby bottle packaging, and introduced it in the can, as well as a series of radio commercials that um, really capitalized on the patriotic sense of the can. Uh they claimed it was more suitable and less expensive and a less expensive option for promoting our nation abroad than foreign aid was and suggested <laughs> that the beer be sent overseas instead of billion dollars worth of planes and computers and tractors. All right. I, that's not the dumbest idea I've ever heard. That ad increased sales by 60% in the months after it aired. Well done. <laughs> then taken over by Wisconsin's G. Heilman Brewery, 
when it partially acquired Pabst. Um, and it got an extra dose of popularity from broke college students at Marquette University in Milwaukee. Um, so there was a bar on campus called the Avalanche. And there was a tradition that Marquette students started doing called the Naked Beer Slide in the 70s. The Lanch, as it was nicknamed, was a dive bar and a staple of campus culture. So the unofficial motto of students was, get your degree at Marquette, but get your education at the Lanch. <laughs> the Naked Beer Slides would kick off around closing time to participate students, mostly male, because who's dumb enough to do that in the dive bar? Men are. Um, would strip down while onlooking patrons would dump out the dregs of their beers on the concrete floor. <coughs> then, hopefully with spectacular grace, the new no, patrons... No, no, not with spectacular grace. With something... Would get a running start and belly flop onto the floor, oh, fuck. sliding across the suds and swill across the bar. Think of the, the article goes, think of the gnarliest slip and slide you could imagine. At the time, uh, red, white, and blue cost 50 cents a can. So it was typically the beer that was getting poured on the floor and consumed. Um, during the era of the slide, apparently the Avalanche sold more red, white, and blue per capita than any other tavern in the world. I can see that, especially if they're pouring out half the beer so frat bros can basically penguin ride across. <laughs> Nothing about this seems... What is wrong with people? Well, sadly, the avalanche closed on April 24th in 1997. Well, possibly because somebody slid headfirst into a into a table or somebody <laughs> broke a bottle and someone got, <laughs> just uh, got, got an, an inadvertent harakiri. Well... Uh, but they started to lose any momentum they had by the turn of the century uh, when Heilman dissolved and our red, white, and blue ownership returned back to Paps. Paps Blue Ribbon had started surging as red, white, and blue's production slowed. Um, and with near-identical packaging and lower alcohol and basically the same target market Paps really just kind of phased it out uh, but brought it back phasing it out in the early aughts they brought it back July of 2018 at its Milwaukee brewery and tap room but the bargain prices were long gone on-premise draft pours were $4 a pint, and 32-ounce to-go crawlers were $15. And actually, looking at the pictures again, one of these uh, uh, one of these pictures, there's four pictures of the red, white, and blue special lager, one Smirnoff ice, and then there's an American lager actually produced by Sweetwater. So, Yeah. But and that was so, it. And that was it. No, no, no longer could you uh, fulfill your patriotic duty by drinking what is essentially a floor mop water, literally. Uh, in 2020, when they shut down the tap room that for recently. COVID, it huh. has not been produced since then, and it is 
gone to a bygone era. Where was the last place to have that in stock? Uh, so in 2018, they brought it back for Pops Milwaukee yeah, yeah. Tap Room. But I'm thinking, like, and, so it, but, um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so Wisconsin was like last place you could probably get that. Yeah, they only from 18 to 20 only had it at the PBR. Oh, okay, I'm following you. I all right. I, uh, listen, it's very late in the evening, and <laughs> so yeah. Well. That is all for me. All right. Well, uh, uh, this has been uh, It's All uh, Desiree. Uh, you can, if you want to... Uh, Desiree. Uh, Desiree, excuse me. Um, uh, uh, if you are uh, uh, the ultimate Mormon drinking podcast, uh, the uh, the only podcast for the uh, heavy drinking Mormon, uh, which all Mormons are, uh, are notoriously fond of. If you would like to get a hold of us, if you are the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints, uh, we would love to do some promotional work with you. You can get, us all, get a hold of us at itsallbeer at gmail. Listen, um, we're so far. Uh, we, I never got that ABM Bev cease and desist, okay? And so, uh, so, uh, and at this point in time, I don't think I think they got bigger fish to fry than me. And so, uh, th- uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like the a a, a, a cease and desist from the uh, uh, from uh, from the Mormons is. As good, if not better, than AB InBev. I'd take that. I'd hang that on the wall. Um, that brewery should, too. Anyway, uh, you can get a hold of us at gmail.com. Uh, you'll see a bunch of... You'll see a, a few pictures pop up on our Instagram feed uh, uh, and our Facebook. You can find that at... Uh, you can look at stuff. Uh, it's all beer. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast on uh, iTunes <coughs> or on Google Play or... Uh, and there's a... I had this all written down, and now I can't find it. But there's like there's like a couple of new places I was gonna like throw out there. But uh, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm failing at that, even as we speak. So maybe by next week I will find that information again, and uh, you can find our podcast by. Uh, but you can. Uh, uh, but yeah, there's some other places to get our podcast now. If you are uh, uh, dissatisfied with iTunes for some reason, I don't know. I'll, Stop rambling. <laughs> no, I'm just going to keep on going. Uh, that'll be uh, uh, quite enough from us. Uh, I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to go to sleep, actually. Have fun. One more time. It still hasn't hit the floor yet. Still had to double it up. Still hasn't hit the floor yet. God damn this thing! Still hasn't hit the floor yet. You know what? I'll 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 figure it out. I'll fucking figure it out. <laughs> damn this.